Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and like the bullets in his bracket. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. With David, David Aldridge. Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he had their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. And Marcus Thompson. I just can't get with this idea of taking one hour of content yeah. and finding the morsel that might pop and blowing at him. Who's the Jason? Welcome to Hoop 5, 4, we have ignition. Stay mellow. And welcome, another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. Happy New Year to everybody. We took last week off. We're back. David Aldridge in snowy D.C., six to seven inches, depending on where you live, or a foot in some places of unexpected snow, but it's all right. It's uh, what's supposed to happen. In the Bay, awaiting Clay's return. Marcus Thompson. Marcus, what's up, man? Man, it ain't snowing, but it's cold as hell in the Bay. Like, it's ridiculous. What's the temp? Freezing. I don't know. Like it's not freezing. <laughs> it's not freezing. literally freezing like For it is here skin, in Chicago. It's it's freezing. It's uh no, it's probably like forty. It's probably like forty two. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would it's you do? It's, like it's it is technically Chicago, not freezing. Like but for black people it's freezing. You know, we're <laughs> tropical people. So it feels it's it's abnormally cold in the bay. Like it's it's trench coat season out here. This is how we rolling in the town. But you don't you can't trust a dude with a mask and a trench coat on. So it's a little bit scary out here. <laughs> All right, you you heard him. You heard our guest this week coming back. We love having him on. As always, associate professor and director of sports journalism at Northwestern University's Medill School of Journalism. And I still like him. He's still a dear friend. And now the guest editor of this year's best sports writing book out later in 2022. It's our man, Jay Adande. What's up? This is absolutely pandering, by the way, Jay. Yes. This is absolutely pandering. I got to say, Marcus, you wrote a piece last year. I won't give it away and I won't, I don't want to get your hopes artificially high, but there was one thing that you wrote last year that, that really stuck with me. That's, that's under strong consideration. So this is what, this is what I'm talking about right here. This is how you handle this is next level. Let's go. Damn, I, okay. Um, uh, and it, it was funny. And, and, and it had to do with the Warriors. And, and, and I, I would, I would love to start on the Warriors. It, it's funny. Um, I just realized I was watching them as we taped this on Wednesday, on Tuesday, I was watching them last night uh, against the heat and I just realized just how different they are. And when they rose to prominence and we all became enthralled with them, you know, it was that shooting barrages that they would go on. Right. And, and Steph would get hot or clay would get hot. And, and it was just this barrage, but now it's just intelligence and smart passing and playing proper basketball. And I, I love it in its own way. 
it's even more fascinating to me. They had 39 assists in the game last night. 39 assists. Twice which just really speaks too. to the brand of basketball that they're playing right now. And I like this version better, actually, because it's a little bit more like, like what I grew up on, which was the Lakers in Showtime. And Steph had like a dribble down, no look pass that he threw last night that was Magic Johnson-esque. To Payton, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'll take that over one of his threes because that's <laughs> what I grew up on. That's the type of basketball I love. And that's the exact type of basketball the Warriors are playing right now. It's actually really different from what they were doing before. What was interesting to me, J.A., is like, you know, we thought we were done with the Warriors, right? Like, (laughs) we we thought it was over, and now they're back. And, you know, as as one who was there for Kobe Shaq, you were there for three straight finals. You were there for the finals loss in 0-4 to the Pistons. And it, it almost feels like that, where it's like Lakers are done, and then fast forward a couple of years, they're right back in it. They get Pau Gasol. Uh, do you see any similarities to like how the how the the Lakers wouldn't go away, and how these Warriors seem to be resurrected? The difference is that the Lakers made such drastic changes, and they brought Gary Payton. You know, they they reacted to losing in the second round. They bring in Gary Payton and Karl Malone. That didn't work, and then they they go off in the wilderness, and they you know they trade Shaq and they get rid of Phil. But then when they get Pau Gasol, and, and that's a major change. This is just, uh, John Hollinger had a good piece in Athletic about that, you know, it, it's, it's the bottom up, right? It, all, these, all these pieces, um, you know, not major stars, but you mentioned Gary Payton. You know, the, all these guys that are, aren't coming with this, well, <laughs> GP has a great pedigree just in terms of <laughs> genetics, but, but you know, their, their basketball resumes aren't that stellar. But they're just playing so smart, and it feels like they they figured it out. And Marcus, you can tell me. Last year, it seemed like Steph was really frustrated that the guys didn't get it, and now it's like they all get it, and nobody takes bad shots, and everyone knows where they're supposed to go and where the ball is supposed to be. And Steve Kerr was praising Heat culture and and giving an homage to Heat culture when Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra have done. But there's really a Warriors culture that Steph Curry gets a lot of should get a lot of credit for. But all these guys seem to completely understand what they're doing. And so it's not just Steph and Draymond. It's everyone out there. It's like this organism that's all operating as one unit. They were, I thought, Marcus, I mean, I, you're right, Jay. It is, it's, it's, it's good to watch because it's not, it's not so much about the threes this year. I do think they were very smart. The first in Warriors 1.0, when especially with Bogut and and uh and and first edition of, of Iggy and Sean Livingston and guys like that, they they did still play that smart basketball, but you're right, they but they did that with guys who were like I shouldn't say legit because it it, it, assume, it makes it established. I'm saying these guys are established, that's a good word, thank you. These guys. All due respect, I mean, GP2 is not established as an NBA regular contributor. Jordan Poole played, has played really good for two years, but Juan not. Toscano Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a little, the cast is a little different than it's been. And for it to come together so quickly, it is a surprise to me. I mean, it is it is surprising to me. And, and Kavon Looney, like, is like a key piece now to this team and seemed like he was just a guy during the first run and what's interesting to me it's happening with Steph statistic statistically uh you know he's down 
from, yes, from yes. his peak numbers and certainly from the way he was playing at the end of last year and, and coming off a game, as we record this, he only made one three-pointer uh, in the previous game. So they're doing it with a less spectacular version of Steph Curry. He's, he still had his moments for sure. Now the interesting thing is, so let's say they keep this up. Let's say they finish with the best record in the league. Is Steph the MVP? Is he worthy of the MVP? When I mean, when, you know, that's a good question. Statistically? Yeah, no, I mean, I think this year, at least so far to me, this is as wide open an MVP discussion, I think, as you could possibly have as you in a given year. Like, to your point, like, they're going to – I mean, they may well have the best record. Um, I, Durant's got to be in the discussion, right? I mean, you know, he has to be in the discussion. We're not talking about DeMar DeRozan now, too. No, I was going to say DeMar DeRozan's yeah. got to be in the discussion now, doesn't he? I mean, you know, so you can make legit cases for three or four guys this year to me that is just fascinating to see how the voters break on this stuff because, you know, and, and, and you know, you can't forget um, – you know, Jokic is is not playing great, but, but he's playing great. Like he's playing out of his mind, you know. So um it's but gonna it's be funny. I've never seen a guy have his his Heisman moment or his MVP moment, so to speak, in you know, <laughs> December's last January, <laughs> right, the way DeRozan right. did. But he makes those two shots, those two buzzer beating shots, and now you have to talk about him. I mean, certainly we're talking about him as an all-star, him and Zach Levine as all-stars, but it just vaulted him into the MVP discussion or made people take him more seriously. I remember when Russ, Russell Westbrook made that like half court shot against Denver. They did, but that was in the regular season. Yeah. 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 And, and I had a vote that year and I was kind of like, yeah, that's, he's my MVP. That was that that moment. (laughs) But again, that was in April, right? Yeah. It was literally the last game of the regular season. I think New Year's Eve. (laughs) <laughs> New Year's Day, we're like, this guy might be the MVP. I've never seen it happen so early, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because it, it wasn't a lull in, in, you know, we put so much focus on Christmas and then the league goes into a little bit of a lull throughout January and February, but he just caught all of our attention. Yeah. And if you weren't paying notice to what DeMar DeRozan was doing before then, and you really should have been, uh, hmm. now you had no choice. What's fascinating, uh, I think it's tonight, Kyrie Irving returns for road games. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For only road games. Uh, I mean, it it doesn't get more unprecedented than this. Uh, How how do you process what's happening? Like, like, isn't this one of the craziest things you've ever heard of? It's it's wild. And I'm not sure how much it helps. So. The Nets just had a very dispirited home loss to Memphis. And they got trucked you know, by Memphis. They got raced. Yeah, and Nass has <laughs> basically benched his his starters for the fourth quarter because they weren't doing anything. And it was their third straight home loss. And I'm thinking, okay, well, Kyrie doesn't help there if he's not going to be playing at home. Right, right. And this team is struggling at home. Then guess what? Kyrie's not the answer for that particular yeah. problem. Yeah. So it makes you wonder – how much he helps, how much he can fix, how how much he'll be able to play. You know, I I certainly leave open the possibility that this this rule that pro- prohibits him from from playing home games right now could be lifted by April. You know, this thing changes months to months, so we have no yeah. idea what things are going to be like come playoff time. But what if it's not? <laughs> what if it's like Game Seven in Chicago or or against Chicago in Brooklyn and he can't play? Right. 
right? He's just a spectator. Like, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's crazy to yeah. me to think of No, it. I, it is. And it speaks, really, I, it's shocking. A, a team with the record that Brooklyn has seems to be so desperate, you know, like to add a guy. And it just, I mean, it's, I don't know. The, the, it's funny because defensively, they their numbers have been very good most of the year, and that's why they have a good record. But it just, it seems like they're reaching. Like, I... To your point, Jay, I mean, it's like it's not like, you know, how much more better are they going to be with a guy who's in and out of the line? I mean, it's the the legitimacy of what they said at the start of the season hasn't changed. You know, it was, well, we're not going to we can't have a part time player on our team. I mean, you're either all in or you're not all in which seemed like a perfectly reasonable position for an organization to take. And then, you know, a little, a little headwinds and it's like, well, we'll bring him back for the road games and we'll just, you know, cause we need him cause we have a lot of injuries. Well, so who in this league isn't dealing with COVID right now? You know, like everybody's dealing with COVID right now, you know? So to, to use that is to kind of buttress this 180 really in, in mentality is just odd to me, especially since their, their record's still pretty good. Weird, and it was weird because they made the decision because they had guys out, right? And and they were missing players who were in the health and safety protocols, and so they say, okay, we just need bodies. I, I think that was part of the decision. They they needed yeah. bodies, and then he comes in and immediately goes into protocols <laughs> right, himself. Right, right. So he wasn't able to provide any assistance there. But it's a it's a decision that was made in a moment of panic. Panic might be too strong of a word, but a moment mm-hmm. of desperation. Mm-hmm. And to date, it hasn't paid dividends. And now that situation in which the decision was made has changed. Yeah. And so you're reacting to, to the way things were a couple of weeks ago. And you wonder now, okay, would they do it over again if they knew how it was going to play out when they, they made that commitment and it didn't pay immediate dividends. And the need for that isn't quite as strong right now. Yeah. My other question is, what they play like 10 games last year with, with their big three? Something like so we still don't know what that moment. looks like, right? No, you know, no. we and and like just as James Harden is is seeming to find himself and get his legs under him and 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 looking like James Harden again, now we're asking him to take a step back. Yeah, when Kyrie plays, yeah. inevitably, and and maybe he's capable of doing it. And and Durant, we've seen him adjust to playing with Stephen Curry, and and he played with Russell Westbrook. So I have no no doubt that Kevin Durant will be able to adjust. But I'm not so sure about James Harden. And how will he go back and forth again, needing to do more on some nights, needing to do less? And will he be willing to do less on the nights when Kyrie is there? Yeah, it's it's such a an awkward situation. Um, Normally, it's like, yo, you want to have a great home record and split on the road. Brooklyn's like, yo, right, let's, dom- right, right, <laughs> let's dominate right. on the road. Let's hang on to 500. <laughs> 500 at the crib. <laughs> that, 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 this is wild. This is a wild paradigm. That's right. what, what's uh-huh. interesting, though, I, like while all this is happening, Chicago is going nuts. Brooklyn is a mess. You got Milwaukee and Miami just, just kind of chilling. Just, chill right? just chugging along. <laughs> The East is the East is it's crazy. The East is more loaded, like especially yes. at the top. So on top of the fact that this is odd, they're gonna have to go through a gauntlet, like yeah. a yeah. legit. No, this, this is gonna be a tough road for whoever comes out of the East, no, and no I don't question. think I don't know if they even have it together. 
if they're at the Marcus, top, I don't know. It might be KD MVP just because they survived this mess. <laughs> right. I mean, right, we, well, we yeah. forget, and and they've been so stricken. We we forget to me the playoffs, and, and as you handicap the playoffs, it's still about who's best is the best, right? So if they were able to play at their best, uh, the best version of what the Nets could be, I still think that's the best, right? Um, you know, I don't think the Bucks get past them last year if they would have been healthy. Right. And um, I, I feel like the best version of the Nets is the best thing out there. Um, remember, remember how unstoppable their offense looked at times right, when they, right. they really had it going last year. Right. But so I still cling but, to that. But home court is doesn't part mean anything best, right? for them yeah. now. <laughs> like even if they finish with the best record, they'll have four out of seven without Kyrie playing. <laughs> like so, they're not going to be at their best with the home court advantage. That's what's so odd about this. Like it's so it's so weird. You know. So they and, should and, drop to a uh, bottom. Bottom, right, right. Top four. <laughs> like, they should, they exactly. should go to a five seed. <laughs> exactly. Like a, a potential number one seed tanking. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just enough, you know, just you, tank to get more okay. Just yeah, to be don't. finished fifth. <laughs> well, didn't didn't the uh, the Mavericks when they played the We Believe Warriors? Didn't they want to drop down to play? So was that two they and seven? Play, no, that was yeah, one and eight. They right, didn't play a game like they but, sat all their starters trying to get. Basically trying to help the Clippers get that eight spot instead of the Warriors. They didn't want, oh, right. <laughs> so so they, they tanked a little bit and, and it caught them. But you're right, David. I, it, it makes more sense for them to not have the number one seed. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 but again, you, you don't know where things are, are, are going to be come come springtime. But that, that's just so bizarre. So bizarre. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the other question is is the the genie out of the bottle and and you know i i take nothing away from the bucks but again if 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 kevin durant was one shoe size smaller <laughs> you know the Nets win that series but but it wasn't and now guess what the bucks have won that championship and as you guys have known covering championship teams with marcus they they, they from afar <laughs> <laughs> As a league man, I've been you around many championships. Marcus, you covered, but I mean, Marcus, you saw what happened when the Warriors went when they went from thinking they could do it to knowing to that actually they could did do it. it. Yeah, it's a big, big difference. And guess what? Now the Bucks know they can do it, and Giannis wouldn't be afraid to go to the free throw line. All those struggles he's had at the free throw line, we saw what he did in that game six. You know that incredible performance he Man. put on from free. So Giannis knows he can come through when called upon home or road. So th has that permanently altered the equation? And that that's kind of what fascinates me is again, I think if we get the best possible version of the Nets, I think that's theoretically better, but maybe now this version of the Bucks, this championship tested proven version yeah. of the Bucks might be the best team in the East, but we don't know, which is what makes it so fascinating. Yeah, and what we all, what we often all forget, including me, is that, and I've said the same thing about Durant's shoe and all that, they still, that game went to overtime and the Nets were at home. <laughs> and, and the, Man, and they the really could have used Kyrie in that game. Watch the, where they get Kyrie this time. Right, oh. yeah, and the Bucks beat them still, you know, and so... Yes, I think that winning a championship changes everything. And the Bucks are doing this without Brooke Lopez. I mean, they basically hadn't played all year, you know. So, I mean, the Bucks just lost too. to Detroit at home, and it doesn't matter. Like that's doesn't all matter. you need to right. know about. <laughs> right. Like, when you win a right. championship, eh, whatever. 
<laughs> Last year, if they were lost to the to the Pistons at home, we'd right. be like, "Firebug!" Giannis is on his way to Golden State. Like he's getting out of there. When you win a title, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, well, Marcus, not, not only did they win a championship, but they did it their way, which was to not panic about the regular season. And yep. so they they proved that okay, the you know the previous two years they kind of went all out. And then last year, and, and I think Giannis was very vocal about it, that, you know, we're not sweating the ups and downs of the regular season that much um, as long as we can do it when it counts. So they found out that, yes, they can do it that way and win a championship. So that's exactly the reason they're not panicking and freaking out in Milwaukee because they lost at home to the Pistons. Yeah, it, it's going to be fast. I, I do want to talk about the Bulls, though. And I, I'm just – I don't get Yo, many this things. is great for basketball. Can I just say that? I, I yes. This, yes. I, I'm telling you, maybe it's just my childhood. Feel like it's coming alive again. But there <laughs> is something about the Bulls being good that is so litty. Look, look, me and Jay can tell you, ain't nothing like a good Bulls team in Chicago, man. <laughs> but you know what would make it better, Dave, if they were yeah. playing at Chicago Stadium? Yeah, that's a point. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because they're, you know, they won three at the stadium and then they moved the United Center and they they had three there. Yeah. Um, shout out to United Center, by the way. You know, when, when all these arenas are changing names, um, I think that's one of the reasons that people freaked out about Staples Center going to crypto.com because it was one of the few buildings that opened in the 90s that had kept the name yeah, all the yeah. way through. But United Center has always been United Center. It's only been United Center. So, like, I don't know when and how we got to this point where we're so emotionally attached to corporate that was, that sponsorship names. Yeah, that is weird. It's not like Staples is this warm and friendly place either. Yeah, people like, would ride mom for Staples. They don't even go there and be like, you know you go to Office Depot. Cut it out. Like, <laughs> like why but, are y'all tripping off a of Staples Center? You know, like, <laughs> I appreciate that United Center has the same name as when Jordan and them were winning championships there. But it just didn't feel the same as when they were at the stadium. Um, and and it's hard to gauge what the city is like because I ain't going nowhere. We got as we mentioned earlier, it's it's <laughs> sub freezing, so I ain't trying to walk, yeah. and I'm not trying to be indoors anywhere. Yeah, with COVID yeah. running rampant. I'm getting messages Damn. every day that somebody else in my building tested positive. So right, and, so and is, yeah. you you can't tell if people are wearing jerseys because everyone's got their parkas on. Right. So. Marcus, I got no sense for like, are people yeah. walking around in DeRozan jerseys and and wearing Zach Levine jerseys, Alonzo Ball jerseys, or the way like everyone got their Jordans on, you know, they yeah. got their the red and the black Jordans. I just saw a pair out today, so those are very much in vogue again if they ever left. But I can't tell. Damn, you, you can't <laughs> sense you know Not just because yeah. we're. Yeah. Everybody's we're locked down. entrapped, you know, we're not, we're not out interacting and I ain't trying to go to the United Center to see what the atmosphere is like there myself. I want to go to that game next week when it, when Brooklyn comes in, because it'll be a road game. We'll actually see Kyrie play. <laughs> so, but I, but yeah, should I go? And, and, I mean, and risk that, the that means you got to get on a plane, I go know. through the airport. All right. All right. So and, I was thinking, I'm thinking of doing this. Seriously. I'm thinking of driving. I'm wow. thinking of driving. In this now, weather? I, well, I'll also say this. You know, you got to make this calculus like, okay, what type of states are you going to drive through on the way there? And what's the masking going to be like? Um, so I drove to California in in uh, Thanksgiving of 2020. And I, I just hung out in California for about a month during, during our winter break at Northwestern. 
And it's funny because state to state, you'd see the difference. And I would drive through and I, I before I'd go in, as I got gas, I'd make the calculus. Do I want to go inside and get some snacks from the store and go to the restroom? Well, are people wearing masks or not? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah That was my yeah. decision. Hey, but we make and, that calculus anyway because of right. other reasons. <laughs> right, but right. <laughs> but right. As, as you went west, um, it changed. So you got to right. ask yourself, okay, you got to, you know, you'd be going through you know, I, okay. I, I won't be stopping in Indiana. Indiana, you know, I will say this: the gas is cheaper in Indiana, so you yeah, might want to get out and get the gas there. But I don't know if you want to go in inside and, and use the facilities. Um, and then do you want to go in an arena where there's eighteen thousand people? The, that's the one. That's what I'm not wearing about. masks. I want to be in United Center with a sold out crowd in a big game in a regular season again. It's been so long, you know since you know pre-rose injury when it was really rocking you know like so and, and and they needed i will say this it it had definitely diminished you know in the atmosphere the last couple of years like the bulls last year especially you know once they, they really moved on from the, the jimmy butler and, and that yeah. that was kind of that last gas my first year here moving back to chicago was the year they had dwayne wade and rondo and you know there's a lot right. of excitement and interest in that team and they they did go to the playoffs and then just last year they were just increasingly less relevant and now they matter again yeah. and people care and they are talking about them and, and, you know, sports radio is getting interested in them. They matter. There's interest there. There's belief there. There's excitement there. They've weathered all this COVID that they've had and everyone getting stricken. I, I think they've had 17 players yeah, <laughs> test positive this year, which is impossible. Mm -hmm. seems like mathematically impossible. Yeah. Um, but my thing with them is that the way that, DeRozan and Levine have clicked together. And we talked about whether or not the Nets, whether they would have the ability to, to mesh all three of those guys. But the two of those guys meshing so well, Levine's willingness to let DeMar come in and shine. And then they've got the perfect third piece of that with Lonzo Ball, who just wants to move the, the ball right, and, and get right, the rock right. around. And, and it's just clicked so well. And I think better than anyone could have imagined. Yeah, I, I'm. I did say they were number four on my off-season list. Like, I thought. I just thought the Rosen would make it easier for. I didn't know he's going to be this good. Come on, I had no idea he's going to be this good. But I, the main thing is he's going to take. He's going to take a lot of pressure off of Zach Levine to score thirty every night. To have to score thirty for them to and have not chuck hella threes. He's going. You know go, what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, and they're just so, and they're doing this. You know, this latest streak. Without Caruso, without Ball, basically Williams hadn't played all year. I mean, it's just it's it's really impressive. It really is impressive, um, and I just think it to your. I think it's good for the league. I just think it's really good for the league when Chicago's good, when New York's good. You know, that just makes the league better. You know, we all. It seems like, you know, Utah's and, and the smaller market teams in Milwaukee now, you know, they, they seem to be doing fine for the most part, right? I mean, you, you know, you have very, very good small market teams in a lot of markets. But when those big markets stink, it's hard, it man. It's, it's yeah, hard. It's different. It, yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, you, it's you just different. want it when they turn the lights out and then, boom. <laughs> man, right? You, you want to feel the goosebumps, right? Has a song lasted as long that is that is so identifiable with one team as Siri as uh eye in the sky like you know the the great thing is that it it doesn't sound like of a particular era you know you hear it it yeah. doesn't sound 70s or 80s 
right. think that that helps, you know, um, I, like I remember the Orlando Magic, you know, they would they would they I think the theme like it was on the media guide. Y'all ready for this? Right. Remember, and, oh, and yeah, they used yeah, to play yeah. that song all the time. Right, or, right, 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 right. You heard that all throughout the NBA in the 90s. Right. Y'all right, ready for this? And then but it would just sound so out of place right now. It would sound right, really right, corny right. if a team took the court. Right. Playing. right. Y'all ready right. for this? <laughs> Bring back the Carl Kanai with it. Huh? <laughs> but serious, Eye in the Sky is just classic. Yeah. It it it's withstood the test of time. And and it's so cool that that Bulls fans now can get excited again when the lights go out. Cause I gotta be honest, the last couple of years you go there and they turn it off and you just be like, oh man. Like, well, it's yeah, and Chicago's always they Bulls have always had maybe the best fan base in the league because even during the very most of the lean years, that place was sold out almost every game, and it's been depressing the last couple of years to go there and see twelve thousand, fourteen thousand. It's just it was so that, dead. That's not what's supposed to happen in Chicago, you know? Right, yeah. That, <laughs> so I, curious, Ja, like we saw Atlanta make this jump. Last year, and it was like, okay, the Hawks are about to be there, right? And the Knicks, you know, even like Dallas was supposed to be on the come up. So now we have these new teams like Chicago and Cleveland and Memphis. Like, how how real is this? Is it really going to come down to Warriors and Nets and Bucks, like the traditional powers? Or do these new kind of powers actually have some juice that we can believe in? I will say one thing that stayed the same is you, you got to make this the slow climb, you know, unless you get a LeBron. <laughs> Le, LeBron has proved that wherever he goes is, is right. where it happens. Right. And he they don't need a lot of time together. But outside of that, and also are we are we past the time where LeBron makes that much of a difference? And obviously he's still very much at a high level, especially the last month or so, but it hasn't been enough to move the Lakers into the upper echelon. So it's going to take time. Milwaukee didn't just have, you know, Giannis had to suffer and had to pay the price and had to learn his lessons. The the Warriors didn't just happen. (laughs) You know, the Warriors had about two, three years of making that climb. And so, you know, the, the Hawks are in year one. And also all these teams, the Hawks and Memphis, they've had to learn what it's like now when people are geared up for them each and every night. You know, the Hawks had the luxury last year of being able to go through the regular season with no one being hyped up that they were in the building. Now people are like, they want to put Trey, they want to knock Trey Young down to the ground, you know, literally and metaphorically, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, the Knicks, they got all hyped. You know, everyone saw the bing bong, this, that, the other, like, okay, no, you're going to have to come in our building now or, or we're going to come in the garden. We know people are hyped up to come in the garden. And, um, you know, you're going to have to bring it each and every night. And not all these young teams are equipped for that. Not all of them have that type of stamina to be able to deliver night in and night out throughout the the rope and the the ups and downs of the 82 game season. So we're seeing that with Atlanta. We've seen Memphis go through it a little bit, but they seem to have found themselves. I think Memphis is the one team that I don't think you want to play Memphis in the playoffs. (laughs) Especially now that they got a taste of it last year. Yeah, Last year was the time to play This is their slow grind, though, right? This is their slow climb. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and Utah now has been sort of knocking on the door for a while. Right, right. Um, I mean, Marcus, do you see them as the top threat to the Warriors in the West, or is it Phoenix? The inside out. It's the inside out, Phoenix. I don't know that they have an answer for Aiton. 
and maybe potentially that could run them off the floor, but people have tried. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, they, right. but they they can you know if they get hot, man, they could shoot as well as anybody, and they also have the inside counter. And but, I just feel like we got to talk about Chris Paul as an MVP, and we're not. And the way he is controlling games is yeah. just masterful. Uh, you know, he, he's he's the conductor out there, the maestro, and. Uh, has and and it's I feel like it's spread to everybody there. Everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing, and they're in the right place, and they can have trust and faith that Chris will deliver them the ball. Um, you know, I think they're playing at the the tempo that that he's dictating. Everything, everything. It's really incredible what he's doing, and the fact that he has them. You know, he's kept them within sight of the Warriors, despite how well the Warriors played at the outset of the season. And Phoenix, to me, is 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 the the one team that I think could easily make a deadline deal for a vet at whatever, whatever they think they need, you know, like another, another wing defender, another shooter, another big, they've got enough surplus of young guys that they could easily go get somebody if they wanted to, to, to gear up for a warrior series or, or, you know, whoever Utah series, um, the wet, I, I think both conference, I think that the, the top seven or eight, are as good as they've been in both conferences in a long time. You know, like was, nobody talks about the, the Clippers. That are like nobody talks about the Clippers. What happens when Kawhi comes back? He's going to come back. You know, like it may be April, but he's going to come back. You know, and well, that makes them a completely different team. And I think the Bulls are relevant here because when I see what DeRozan and Levine are doing, to me, that's like the best version of what Kawhi and Paul George could be. Yeah, and, and and they have the benefit though of of Alonzo Ball, who can sort of navigate and, and distribute to those two guys, and that's what I think the Clippers are missing. But I, as I watched DeRozan and Levine come together, I think to myself, this is what Kawhi and Paul George could and or should look like when it's all when it's both working at the end. I think they're better defensively than the, the Bulls combo. Um, but can they make it work with both of those guys who who operate in similar manners? That's what's so amazing about um, about Levine and DeRozan is they're both wing guys. They both like to get the ball in similar situations. Levine maybe more range, and it's working. And when I see it happen and work in Chicago, there's no reason it can't work for the Clippers. I think it, and I think it did work last year. I mean, they got to the conference finals. They, you know, it worked until Kawhi got hurt, and then it they worked a little a, bit after that too. <laughs> yeah, right, right, no, right, right, right. So, um, do you think me, there'll uh, be a big deal, Dave? Do you think there'll be a landscape altering trade? Well, somebody's going to get Ben Simmons by the deadline. I think. I mean, somebody's going to go get him, and and it's almost certain that it's not going to be a two-team trade. So that will be a three or four-team deal, which means that contending teams could get in on that trade at some point and get an ancillary piece. Like, like for example, the guy that I think every team started here in Washington should get is Terrence Ross. Like, right. Like he's just, he's a bucket. Like he's a like bucket, yeah, just a bucket. Worry. And he, you know, and he's just languishing in Orlando. Somebody's got to pull the trigger and go get him. So he could, I could see or a team like Orlando getting in on a Simmons deal in terms of not or getting the Simmons, guys, but right? or, and the Pacers and guys are going to get traded, right? right? Somebody's going to get traded. So yes, there's going to be, I think there's going to be two or three kind of consequential deals, I think, by the deadline. 
Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out, birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Pieces of the Blazers. Can the Blazers be players when, you know, they've, they've, they've got it. turnover in GM and, and what can they get into? The new guy, you know, whenever you, I always, my experience has always been the new guy Never drafted these guys, you know what? <laughs> he has no allegiance whatsoever. So CJ McCollum looks pretty good. <laughs> Anthony Simons, CJ McCollum. I mean, they got pieces. You know, Sacramento's going to have to do something because that's not working. You know, it's not working. Um, Chill, Minnesota they're in Tennessee. They're playing. The kids are they ready? Play? Are they about this life. Let's go. My bad, my bad, My bad, I was against the playing. And, I'm you know, I know everyone was like, oh, well, it got you the Warriors last year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it now. And I feel like really almost everyone basically except for, you know, a couple teams are in it in the West in, in terms well, of like, like you got to be really bad to not be in it now. right? That's like, why it's <laughs> a contrivance. <laughs> if you're that's not why- in the playoff hunt, if you're like, yo, it's you're done. That's where it's like the sign of <laughs> you need to do something because this isn't working like the Knicks. And the and the kings are <laughs> in the hut, like right. <laughs> that, that's usually yeah. That's if you're below them, that's pretty bad. Well, we just I just we just went through this with with in the NF with the Washington football team, and and, and we can say that for another month apparently, and they're going to change the name. But um, like they like Sunday, if they win Sunday, they're still in the playoff race. They still have a real chance to make the playoffs at seven and nine. That's ridiculous. Come on, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is, I, I just can't, oh, God, it just annoys me so much. Like we're just accepting medi- less than mediocrity. It's not even mediocrity. But, but here's the thing though. Last year it enabled Memphis to get in and John did his thing in the playoffs and they didn't advance. But as we discussed earlier, they are better for that experience. They will be, A, we more people are paying attention to them this year, but B, they're more of a threat now going into next year's playoffs. And that's all because they got the opportunity through through the play-in. And so I thought it was kind of short-sighted because, as it turned out initially, you only got the Lakers versus Warriors. You know, you only got the Warriors for two games instead of four to seven games, um, which to me was a, a drawback. But the benefit is was that we we did get the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies got some exposure and some experience. And so I think in the long term – 
it was better for the NBA. And it's made this season more interesting, even if it might have made the playoffs. I would have rather have seen Steph and the Warriors go a little bit longer in the playoffs last year. So to me, it diminished last year's playoffs, but it's setting up this year's playoffs to be even better. It gave a super a budding superstar, put him on the stage. And that I would that I would good. rather the league do what some college conferences do. And I know they don't all do it now. Just if you want to have a turn, just let everybody play. Then let everybody get make the playoffs. You just you just see one through sixteen, and you just play that. You just do that. I'd rather you do that than than invent something and say that this is meaningful and important. That making the ten seed in a conference with fifteen teams means that you had a successful season is insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Got something to play. I mean, baseball got much more interesting to me with the wild cards and more teams involved, more teams with something to play for. I'd, I'd rather have more meaningful regular season games i i, I want the regular season to matter right. that's why to it. me i, I was so devastated when the warriors lost in game seven in 2016 because you know you knew all the jokes and the memes for for the 73 game season were going to come flying around and no one was going to ever try to go for 74 once the warriors lost and basically nullify their 73 win season mark they never it. put a banner up for it right like the, I, I i feel like there should be a banner for them winning 73 games. And because they lost and because they felt like it invalidated everything that they did, no one's ever going to care as much there's about no the value. Yeah. Again. yeah, there's no value at 74 now. Like <laughs> it only adds to the pressure of you have to and win the title. The, what I appreciated about that season was they instilled value in the regular season. Every game that they played mattered. You know, and and we <laughs> we haven't we've rarely said that about any team before then. And we certainly haven't said it since. I don't think we'll ever play it again. But more games okay. will matter with more teams going for okay. these big tenth seeds, okay. David. <laughs> the last game of the 2016 regular season. Where were you and me when Golden State was going for 73? We were watching Kobe, Kobe score 60. That's what <laughs> that, we were. That was, that was that was unique, Dave. And and Dave, that game was on ESPN too. Remember, I, I'm pretty sure that the the, the Warriors game was on the main ESPN and Kobe was on ESPN. Right, too. but I'm saying I flew out to see Kobe. <laughs> That's what I went out to go see in his last game instead of going to see the Warriors go for seven. What a that, night, by the not, way. What a night. Oh, it was unbelievable. Right? Night it was unbelievable. For, for but, but, it was, Dave, that, that was, was just a rare It was compliment. unbelievable. What, 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 and I mean, again, we cared about a regular season game because it was the last game that we we're ever going to see Kobe play. If, um, if they had qualified for the playoffs that year, it wouldn't have meant as much. You know, well, sure, it's it, the last. Guess time. what? If they were playing for a potential a ten, ten seed, playing they'd have been seed, in. They'd have been that would have meant even more. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons it turned into a little bit of a farce was because no, the, the Jazz. You know, once they learned that they weren't, they couldn't make the playoffs. Remember, somebody right, else won a game and it eliminated, eliminated the Jazz before right, the ball right, was even tipped right, off. Right, right. And right. so maybe they double team Kobe and get the ball out of his hands and don't let him go for sixty. <laughs> If they had Maybe. something to play for. But I think they Maybe. all kind of got caught up in it. And like, all right, Cole, what you got? Let's see what you can do. We, we got was, nothing to play for. It was it was, it was was so antithetical to everything I believe about basketball. But it was so fantastic. I, I loved it. I was sitting there. I mean, it's I wrote incredible. it. It was the most Kobe game ever. And my thing was, at first, I just wanted to see the shots. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the monitor. I'm like, I want to see him, you know put up 50 shots right i started looking so i went back and looked all right how many shots did he did he put up the night he he went for 81 and he got to the free throw line a lot that year that game 
So I was like, he might put up more shots than he did in the 81 point game. I like, I was like, let's see the 50 shots. Just go for it, Cole. Shoot, 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 shoot. Go for it. It was just ridiculous. And then he started making them. Right. It was ridiculous, but it was so compelling. It was so compelling. I couldn't even say no. It was great. I couldn't even be mad. It was so good. I was going great. Like me, Brad Turner, Bill Plasky, you know, we'd all been a lot of those games and we'd all criticized Kobe over the years for shooting too much. And we were just like falling all over each other and grabbing each other. Like, oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible. God bless him. God bless I, I, him. I can't, <laughs> I can't let uh, J.A. go without asking him about the state of sports media. It is The okay. future is in your hands. He's got to go in like two minutes. So you have two minutes. Uh, what do you, <laughs> the, the COVID thing has really like changed how we do things a bit, at least added a, a far more grave element to it. Uh, how, how do you think we're doing? And what, what are you teaching the next generation about sports media now? And and we started getting into this, uh, you know, when everything shut down a couple of years ago and we went online and I, I brought in a lot of people to, to speak to the students via Zoom. And um, I, I think there's a premium now when you do have whatever access you can get to maximize it. Um, you know, my concern is just how do you differentiate? How do you how do you build the relationships is, is the hardest thing. When you can't be face to face, you know, when, and, and one of my strategies was I used to, to me, <laughs> we talk about the regular season. To me, the regular season was all about building relationships. When we got to the playoffs, I could get a Kobe or a Shaq just for one or two questions by myself. So I could have something that no one else had all the media coming in to cover the playoffs. I wanted to get somebody away from the podium by myself, you know, Marcus, I know you did a great job, you know, leveraging your relationships with the Warriors when everyone was in town to see them. You could still get somebody off to the side. And that was from all those games, all that time you spent in the locker room building up those relationships. Well, now we're not in the locker rooms. Now we're not walking down the corridors with these guys. And so, you know, for you guys who've been there, who had those opportunities over the years, you can develop that. I just worry about the next generation the, the only thing is that, you know, if for a reporter coming up now, you got to be able to have a strong social media and a DM game, and maybe you can build it up through just messaging people. Um, you know, and I think for younger people, that's a real relationship, right? You guys yeah. built your relationships right. Off, right. off face-to-face interaction. The way young people operate now, virtual, you know, we're, we're headed to the metaverse, right? <laughs> maybe the metaverse <laughs> enables us to uh, to to maintain those relationships virtually. Uh, it's funny. I've been reading a lot and listening to a lot of podcasts about whether or not this metaverse thing can work. I, I still have my doubts and skepticism, but all that matters is if young people believe in it. And so if you're a young reporter coming in and you can cultivate relationships through direct messages and then maybe through putting on a, a headset and meeting with these guys' <laughs> avatars, <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe it can work that way, but I, I have a great fear that, um, you know, this next generation coming up won't be able to develop uh, those relationships and cultivate them and therefore be able to have the nuance and the just the little details that you're able to get when you've built up relationships with these players and these people that we're covering. It's the difference between transactional and trust. It just yeah. is. 
there's just a massive difference. And the trust and, is what you build up. And, and, and stuff that you pick up. It's yeah. funny, going back to the 73-win season, Marcus, I, I was around the Warriors at a shoot-around, and Iguodala just mentions, man, we didn't even know what we were doing last year when they won their first championship. And he's like, now now we get it. Like, I was like, really? And he said, yeah, watch out. So I, I kind of reported it. The Warriors were, were in L.A. For, for the preseason. So I just spent a couple of days reporting it. And I came out with a story that, like, okay, watch out for the Warriors. Like, I didn't say, like, they're going to break the Bulls record. But I was able to predict accurately that we were going to see a version of them better than anything we'd ever seen before. And that was all just, just from being around and just listening and just picking up little bits and pieces and that type of reporting. I wouldn't have been able to do that story virtually, you know, cause that just came from just hearing something that Iguodala mentioned as an aside when we weren't even talking to him, we were talking to clay and Andre was talking to somebody and I, and I just from the corner of my just those little tidbits are so key. And I don't know if we're going to get those. That's what I worry about. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I'll say troubling. It's a concerning, very concerning very time concerning. in our business <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Jay, appreciate the time, my man. I, I always do time with you. Always good to see you, man. Um, Check them out uh, in all of your social media platforms. You're still doing ATH, right? You still yeah, still uh, doing around the horn. Yeah, we're coming up yeah. on our 20th year this year, so check us out on that. It's going to be a big right. gala, I'm sure. 20 year gala. I'm sure. Come up to it. I'm but, sure we'll uh, have. Pa I'm sure Pablo will be doing the ATH 20th anniversary. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, I would, hey, I was supposed to be in the Madden documentary. I, I talked to Tom Rinaldi. And uh, they cut it. I, I got it. When I watched it, I'm like, all right, they got Rupert Murdoch to sit down. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, right, right. I think those minutes are going to be allocated to him instead of me. But like, I, I, I wish I could have been a bigger part of it. Um, they, they, they quoted my thread where I, I had all the madnisms that I'd written down. Yeah. So when, when you heard Bill Belichick read that one quote um, about, you know, you're a PE coach and, and how you're supposed to be a genius yeah. when you're just a PE coach, that right. actually came from my thread and from my interview. Um, right. But uh uh, I, I was in the, the ATH documentary or the, the PTI documentary. I, I, I wish I could have been shown in the Madden one because that thing was awesome. And, and yeah, uh, Rinaldi really did well a great job. Was really well done. And, and was I understand really well why I got left out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a reason that, you know, Steph Curry gets more to minutes than some of the guys. On right. the so, so I got to know my place in the world. But like, right, right, right. Man, that, that thing was amazing yeah, and the PTI out. documentary was great so check out what Pablo well did done. on 20s very well PTI. done yes we're in the golden age of sports documentaries I think you know across the board they're just a lot of them are so well done so best of luck to you man stay safe out there Marcus stay safe all of y'all's listening in leave that five star review on Apple Spotify Google wherever you get this fine American podcast shout out to our man Dave Dufour for pinch hitting today and making us sound good and look good Marcus if it's less than five stars what do these folks need to do keep it to yourself you haters haters later <laughs>